Please be seated. Those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message this morning on this celebration of the Lutheran Reformation is the gospel that you heard read before from John chapter 8. Recall just these words. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, mankind's only way to eternal life, my beloved. For uh, some of us gathered here this morning who are, so to speak, dyed in the wool Lutheran Christians, some of us had uh, parochial Lutheran grade school upbringing, uh, we remember some of the basic truths of the Reformation, a young 34-year-old Augustinian Roman Catholic monk stepping up to the church doors in Wittenberg, October 31st, 1517, and pounding a few pieces of paper to the church door, which was the bulletin board of the day, challenging anybody to debate him about the Roman Catholic Church's sale of indulgences. Some of us will remember that one of the key words of the Reformation was justification, key word of Holy Scripture, justification that God declared us to be not guilty because he punished his son in our place. Or the three Reformation words Luther, that the Lutherans always remember, Grace alone, faith alone, scripture alone. By grace alone are we saved by God's undeserved love. By faith alone, our acceptance of Jesus Christ as our Savior through the Holy Spirit. And by scripture alone, no dictates of any church but scripture alone. Then sometimes I like to remind Lutheran Christians on this day that there are really only two religions in the whole wide world. One religion that says, do, you must do something to gain God's grace and favor. That's man-made religion. And then there's the God-made religion from Holy Scripture, which says everything done, D-O-N-E. Everything is done and complete through Jesus Christ. Believe in him and everlasting life is yours. Comes down to the question, though, uh, this morning... So what does that event, which started this so-called Lutheran Reformation, October 31st, 1517, have to do with anybody worshiping on October 25th, 2015? That's like 498 years after the fact. I mean, we're living in a day and age with smartphones, Facebook, Twitter, hashtag, Instagrams, video, YouTube videos, and all the rest. So what relevancy is there for us in 2015? Well, the rele relevancy of the Lutheran Reformation for people of 2015 is the same as the event that was begun in 1517, and it can be summed up. Reformation Day can be summed up in four little words. Rediscovery of the truth. Rediscovery of the truth. And you know, whenever you think about it, all of the world revolves around the truth. Without truth, the world can't function. 
First of all, this morning we should ask ourselves just exactly what is truth. Truth, very simply put, is reality. Truth is stating fact and reality as it really exists. That's reality. The truth is, today is October 25th, 2015. The truth is, there's a red pendant hanging here from the pulpit. The the, The real truth of today is I'm standing behind a wooden pulpit. The truth is I'm wearing a white gown. That's a fact. That's reality. That's the truth. To define truth a little bit more, we should perhaps ask the question, what's the opposite of truth? Well, the opposite of truth is untruth or falsehood. And intentionally, hiding of the truth is a lie. Well, where did truth come from? God is truth. God is truth both concrete and abstract. Psalm 31, redeem me, O Lord, the God of truth. Isaiah 45, I, the Lord, speak the truth. All truth originates from God. Hebrews 11, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. God created the truth. Truth was not made by mankind. Truth is made by God. All that we human beings can do is discover, discover the truth as it pre-exists from the hand of God. Example. During the 2nd and 3rd uh, century A.D., there was a man by the name of Ptolemy. And he looked around and he said, you know, I don't think that this world is standing still. I think it's actually moving. In fact, if you take a look around, because the sun rises and the sun sets, I think that the sun is revolving around the earth. And that was called the heliocentric theory of planetary movement. Well, that was pretty much the thought of the day until along came the 16th century. And uh, men by the name of uh, Copernicus and then also uh, Galileo took a look once again, Galileo, this time with a telescope, and he made the observation that the world, the earth, the world was actually revolving, circling around the sun. And that now was the geocentric theory of planetary movement. Still later, a man by the name of John Kepler calculated that the circle around the sun by the earth was not actually circular, but it was absolutely elliptical and that finally was the truth but you notice how human beings had discover a pre-existing truth and it took them a while to discover that people used to think uh, by the way too that the earth was flat and you better not go too near the edge because you're going to fall off into who knows what until a man, you know, sort of like uh, Christopher Columbus, he came along and he noticed that, you know, when the ships are going out there over the horizon, it looks like they're sinking. So the world must be round. Truth pre-exists and all we can do is discover it. You know, I never thought in my entire life I'd be carrying one of these things. I first saw something like this back in uh, St- uh, Star Trek. And in the 1960s, you know, he flipped this up, you know, Scotty beamed me down. He said, oh, sure, you can't have a phone without wires. Until finally people discovered things like 
uh, a wide band of electromagnetic frequencies that are out there in whatever sphere it is. And if you capture them, you can be free from all those wires. The truth preexisted. God created all that stuff. It just took a matter of time until we could discover it. The longer the extension of Earth's history, the more God gives us time to an opportunity to discover reality. The truth pre-exists because God created it. And without truth, you cannot function. I have a son, a daughter-in-law, a granddaughter, and, uh, and another uh, grandson on the way in March who live in Minneapolis, St. Paul. And I know that when I travel there, uh, you have to go sort of northwest. Now, if somebody came up to me and said, you know, Pastor, you want to go and visit your uh, son, and, son and daughter-in-law, you really have to travel, travel southeast. If I followed their advice, I might end up in Florida someplace. You see, the truth is that they live northwest. Truth pre-exists because God created it. But truth can be lost. Truth can be lost if it is disregarded, taken for granted, thrown into disuse, or hidden. More specifically, what is truth? Where does absolute true exi truth exist? Jesus, one time speaking to his heavenly Father, said, Sanctify or make the people holy, God, through your truth. Your word is truth. God's word in the Bible is the truth. Jesus one time said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but by me. Jesus is the truth. So God's word is the truth. The Bible is God's truth in printed or written form. And Jesus is God's truth. He's the living word. The Bible and Jesus. Written word, living word, God's message of truth to us. Now, God gave us the Bible so that we could discover him. God doesn't want us to re remain a stranger to us. He re reveals his identity to us so that we can know what the truth is. Now, you can do all your, your, your squinting and your stopping breathing and squeezing really hard, and you can't come to find out who God truly is. You can't do it on your own. God has to reveal his identity to you as to whom he really is, and he does that. In the Bible. Jesus says, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus wants us to know the truth. Jesus wants us to know the truth. Jesus wants to, to get us to know him and his heavenly father personally. Now, I think all of you know by now that I'm married. And I have a wife by the name of Margaret. She's up there in the choir, and uh, some people call her Peg, her nickname. And uh, I know a whole lot of facts about her. I know that she lives at 2420 Lefebvre Avenue in Wauwatosa. Uh, I know that uh, the living room in which she dwells uh, a lot of the time is painted green. I know that uh, she lives in a house that in the living room it has hardwood floor. I know a whole lot of facts about her. That's not what God is talking about when he says that he wants you to know the truth. I also know my wife. She's my wife. 
and I love her, and I trust her, and she loves me back, and we have a very personal and intimate relationship. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. You shall know the truth. Jesus wants you to know him personally as your Savior, as your Redeemer, as your Good Shepherd. Then he sets you free. Free from the ignorance of not knowing God. Free from not knowing where are you going when you die. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me shall never die. Sets you free from the fear of not knowing whether or not God hates you or loves you. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them. God loves you. He doesn't hate you. He's taken away all of your sins. Uh, Lutheran Reformation is an invitation for all to continue to get to know the truth. Now, there's a caution on this Lutheran Reformation Day. And it is, be careful, because truth can get lost if you take it for granted, if you do not use it. If truth is not used or disregarded, it can be lost. You heard me say that one time I went to a pastoral conference. One of the pastors giving a presentation said, I've got a great fear for our Missouri Synod that we're going to continue to shrink and not to grow because our people don't read the Bible anymore. And if they don't read the Bible and you don't know what's in there, how can you tell anybody about Jesus and the truths of Holy Scripture? Which brings me to the point again. Remember I always said I'm a pit bull? You recognize what these things are? Recognize what these things are. If you don't, shame on you. This is today's light, our appointment with Jesus. It pre-assigns what, book, what chapter of the Bible we read every day. These are the extended uh, guidelines. And by the way, too, if you don't, don't, don't tell, give me those excuses about, oh, I'm getting behind, I'm getting behind, I'll never catch up. Just do the reading for today and use God's word. I have a Missouri Synod friend. She now works as secretary for a, a church that uh, calls itself Trinitarian. 25 years ago, it called itself Trinitarian. 25 years ago, it, it called itself Christian. She said, I attend the worship services every time. I never, hear the mess- uh, I never heard the name of Jesus Christ mentioned at all. She got to know the former pastor of the church. The former pastor lives next to a Jewish family. The, the secretary asked her, he says, well, do you have, do you, do you have a mission to that uh, Jewish family next to you so that they might know about Jesus Christ and be saved? She says, no, I don't, I don't really have to. Why should I? We're all children of Abraham. We're all saved anyway. That's the exact same philosophy of the people that were standing for, before Jesus in this eighth chapter of John. They thought they automatically had an in with Jesus, with uh, God the Father, because they were children of Abraham. like to tell you a story how we used to guard the truth in our church. Maybe you heard me say it but it's uh, before, but it's so ap- uh, apropos for Reformation Sunday. When a pastor got a call, especially the, the pastors that came out right out of the seminary, before the pastor ever performed his first uh, ceremony or his first service, uh, on Sunday afternoon, they would get a chair and put the pastor right in front of the church, and the people would march in, catechism in one hand, Bible in the other. They would sit down and they would pepper the pastor with questions about Holy Scripture. 
And if he didn't ask, answer them according to the catechism and God's word, they say, go back to the seminary and learn some more. Would you be able to do that? If not, why not? See, there's always room for renewed reformations in our personal lives, in our relationship with the truth. There really isn't any other way to end the Reformation sermon than to go to the source of the truth, Jesus himself, and listen to the truth from the very mouth and voice of the truth giver. So listen now to the truth from Jesus. I can guarantee this truth. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I can guarantee this truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I can guarantee this truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not, not asked anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. I tell you the truth. Today, one of you will betray me. I can guarantee this truth. This very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. I can guarantee this truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. I guarantee this truth. You will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn into joy. I guarantee this truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I guarantee this truth. At the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. I guarantee this truth. This generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. There is the truth from the mouth of the truth giver. May each day of your life be a new reformation a continued discovery and rediscovery of the word of truth, the salvation of your soul. And then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And if the sun sets you free, you will be absolutely free. God grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Please stand. Peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith this morning in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. 
The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. <laughs> 